0: Hi, Dave me? here. This is For Record program number 1236. How many lies before you belong to the lie, part nine. This is being recorded on March 23rd of the year 2022. Very quickly, before I get into the main body of the broadcast, three links, increasingly important. First of all, uh, these links are at the top of each food for thought post on the left-hand side of the front page, they feed down there, and also at the top of each written description for For the Record programs on the SpitfireList.com website. One of those links will enable you to subscribe to the comments, most of which are made by our brilliant contributing editor, Parafractal, some by other intelligent listeners. Those are increasingly important and just Today Parafractal posted uh, some information indicating that uh, you know the the orgiastic Uh, media reports of indiscriminate bombing by uh, Russia-slash-Putin of civilian areas, etc., is in fact not correct, and that actually the Russians have been uh, quite deliberate in targeting military programs, military targets, I should say, uh, this in contrary to what we are being fed by the rabid media and uh, their... Enablers in the US government. Uh, so please do subscribe to the comments. There is no way that I can do justice to what is going on in a warm-hour program, even according to a week as I have been doing. Uh, the second link will enable you to subscribe to the podcasts that are being made by Sister Station WFMU of For the Record. Uh, so if podcasts are the best way for you to consume the program, Sister Station WFMU is podcasting the program. Last but most assuredly not least... One of the links will enable you to obtain the 32-gigabyte flash drive with uh, basically just about everything on the SpitfireList.com website, all of my recorded and printed work uh, up through last fall, and uh, that is uh, the better part of a half-century's worth of efforts. Uh, In this Program. we will continue with, among other things, our analysis of uh, the reports of biological warfare labs or dual-use biological labs in Ukraine, financed by the Pentagon. I suspect that that is not only true, but against the background of COVID-19, uh, I think that was one of the main elements luring Putin into the trap into which he fell. I'm not sure that he really had a whole lot of choice. He was either going to be damned if he did or damned if he didn't. But uh the I think the uh, BW labs were one of the major elements uh, of bait in the trap into which he proceeded with this operation. Uh, all of the programs that I have done about the Oswald Institute of Virology, as I call it, are on the 32 gigabyte flash drive, so please get that. It is available for a very nominal, and if you itemize tax deductions, tax deductible fee, and I get no money whatsoever from that. Now, uh, in this program, uh, the series is titled, How Many Lies Before You Belong to the Lie? That is a quote from the 1976 autobiography, Heartland, that was penned by the late brilliant political comedian Mark Saul, arguably the best political stand-up comedian of all time, and not incidentally, one of the investigators on Jim Garrison's investigation of the assassination of JFK, Uh, Jim Garrison the late District Attorney of New Orleans. In all the autobiography, he asked the question, how many lies, in other words, how many lies can you allow yourself to believe before you belong to the lie? I might even update that a bit to say, how many lies before you become the lie? And uh, that is indeed the case, and whether or not uh, the lies engulf all, all of us and uh, wind up resulting in a third world war, I think that is an increasing... Possibility is also yet another reason why people should get the flash drive while they are still alive or while I'm still alive or whatever, because things do not look good. One of the points that I have made repeatedly in this series is how the war itself and the impendent coverage has worked rather like a philosopher's. Stone that was the stone said by the ancient alchemists to be able to transmit or to transform lead into gold, and uh, there is a very sinister form of political and historical alchemy going on with the war, and uh, maybe I would say at this point pretty much all of the West. The, most of the individuals in it, uh, and uh, an awful lot of the rest of the world as well, have been transformed alchemically into the same fabric as the Ukrainian Institute of National Memory. That is the Orwellian go, uh, Ukrainian governmental body that is completely rewriting the history of Ukraine during World War II. And it is portraying the Nazi collaborators, such as the OUNB, also the OUN, and the UPA as basically good guys, freedom fighters, uh strugglers for independence. In uh, late December of last year, I believe off the top of my head, it was December 24th, the United Nations tabled a motion 134 and 2 against to condemn Nazism and the celebrations of the Waffen-SS of the Waffen SS and related uh, institutions as freedom fighters. 130 nations voted for that resolution condemning Nazism. Only two countries voted against it. Both of those countries' names start with the letter U. One of them was Ukraine, the other was the United States, the only two countries to vote against it. Uh, The EU and the UK tellingly abstained. But uh, that is exemplary of the type of alchemy that I'm talking about, and it is exemplary of uh, the title of this series, again uh, taken uh, as a quote from the late brilliant more How many lies before you belong to the lie? In that regard, a New York Times story called entitled In Conjuring Quote Nazis Unquote in Ukraine, Putin Stokes Russian Memories by Anton Troyanovsky. And this is from the New York Times of march eighteenth, twenty twenty two, in the Western print edition. And the article basically is making out the uh uh, goal of, uh, Putin, the political goal of denazification, not to be just, you know, a fanciful, uh, propaganda ploy, blah, 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 blah. It is nothing of the kind. Um, in that regard, Troyanovsky <laughs> at one point says, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi on Wednesday, uh, greeted Mr. Z- greeted Mr. Zelensky with quote, Slava Ukraini, glory to Ukraine, a greeting used by Bomberos troops. That actually was the grieving of Stefan Bomberos troops and the UPA. Now criticizing them, and that means basically telling the truth about who they were and what they did, is a criminal offense in Ukraine. And, uh, the article, the American article makes about you know, the Russians uh, emphasize that when something like this happens. Well, <laughs> there is a reason for that. When the Speaker of the House echoes a Nazi military greeting. And the salute, glory to Ukraine, glory to the heroes, is the official salute not only of the Ukrainian military at this point, but of the Ukrainian police as well. Uh, I would not assume necessarily that Fancy Nancy Pelosi knew uh, the history behind that. She may just have been following along with the uh, the mob, so to speak. Uh, maybe she knows more than uh, I'm giving her credit for knowing. But whether or not she realized how freighted her greeting was with uh, a grotesque political and historical irony, uh, what she did, basically, was to give the greeting of Nazi-allied military f- uh, formations in Ukraine to the president, Mr. Zelensky. And that is exemplary of the type of political and historical alchemy that I have been talking about. The, the war and its attendant coverage is, in effect, transmitting uh, that alchemy to uh, all sorts of individuals and institutions. And uh, Nancy Pelosi, among others, can, can uh, basically be seen as having been alchemically transformed into the same fabric as the Ukrainian Institute of National Memory. It has been surreal for me to witness all of this going on. The uh very realistic and absolutely relevant war aim of Putin, namely demazification, has been you know, poo poo, my god, is that fantastic just ridiculous and this article by Anton Troyamovsky uh, does just exactly that. Uh, I've been chronicling this for roughly eight years since the Maidan coup. And it is surreal to see the Orwellian dismissal with which documented historical fact, historical fact, uh, the documentation of which I have been presenting at length and in detail for a period of years. I was going back, and uh reviewing some of that, just the, the amount of material is orgiastic. And a, a, a post and program that I did uh, in uh, 2017 features the following. This is from GermanForeignPolicy.com. There's a link to that that is available on the front page of the SpitfireList.com website. It's called Sewing Chaos Part 2. And it talks about an Italian TV documentary in which some Georgians testify about how they were recruited to uh, fire... From the Hotel Ukraine, uh, that or Ukraine Hotel, at the Maidan demonstrations and uh, the lethal sniper fire, which killed and wounded both protesters and police, was the match to the tinderbox of Maidan and led to the overthrow of the uh, the Yanukovych government. And uh, by way of indicating the fact, which is now being Orwellian. Or Orwellian Lee, kind of making an adjective or an adverb out of it, transformed. uh transformed. From that sowing chaos part two, there is discussion of Andrei Peruby. He is a Ukrainian Nazi-slash-fascist. He was the founder of the Social National Party of Ukraine, which became Svoboda. And he was the commander of the Maidon previously. He had been one of the organizers one of the main organizers of the 2004 Orange Revolution, which brought to power not only Viktor Yushchenko, but his wife, the former Karpurina Chumachenko of the UCCA, the top OUNB front organization in the United States. Uh, The Minister of Justice under Viktor Yushchenko was Roman Svaric, the personal secretary to Yaroslav Stetsko, formerly head of the ABN and the head of the Ukrainian collaborationist government uh, that worked with the Nazis and executed their ethnic cleansing in World War II. Uh, Stetsko, Stefan Bombera, and the OUNB became key parts of the Galen spy organization later. But to give you an idea of the erasure of historical memory and also the grim political and historical alchemy which is transforming an awful lot of things and people into either Nazis or Nazi collaborators. Uh, the story of Andre A N B R I Y Perub. Uh, from that uh, November of twenty seventeen German foreign policy article, Sowing Chaos 2, probably comes from the Ukrainian fascist scene. In the early 1990s, he was one of the founders of the extreme-right Social National Party of Ukraine. Again, later renamed Svoboda. Since 1996, he was the leader of its militarist, street-fighting subsidiary patriot of Ukraine. Following his retirement from the party, this experienced protest activist became one of the main organizers of the 2004 Orange Revolution. Uh, and That, again, brought the, the, the power, not only Viktor Yushchenko and uh, Ekaterina Yushchenko, formerly Chumachenko, but Roman Slurich, and also Volodymyr Vyotrovich, uh, who was the head of the aforementioned Ukrainian Institute of National Memory. Continuing. In 2013, Parabwe assumed the same function at the Maidan, where he was responsible for none other than security and, quote, self-defense units, unquote, which were often made up of heavily armed thugs. In the Italian TV documentary, it was reported that Parabwe was going in and out of Hotel Ukraina, from where numerous deadly shots were being fired. Parabley claims that the hotel from which shots were being fired, which was firmly under the maybound demonstrators' control, had been taken over by, quote, snipers who arrived from Russia and were controlled by Russia, unquote. Parable, who, according to former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, was conferring with the U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine Jeffrey Pyatt throughout the upheavals almost on an hourly basis, has never really had his role in the push explained one more time. Parably, who, according to former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden, now, of course, President, was conferring with the U.S. Ambassador to Ukraine, Jeffrey Pyat throughout the upheavals on an almost hourly basis, has never really had his role in the push explained. Following the push, he was first appointed to the post of head of the National Security and Defense Council of Ukraine. Since April of 2016, he has been serving as president of Ukraine's parliament. By the way, a uh, semantic trick is being played in the U.S. with the claim that none of the far-right parties in Ukraine has a member of uh, the parliament. That's because Parapulyi, the speaker the of the speaker of the House, is he resigned his position with the party that he helped to found, the Social National Party of Ukraine, now Svoboda. Uh, if, in fact, former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden was, was uh, enough in the loop to uh, uh, maintain that, that Jeffrey Piatt, the U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, was uh, communicating almost hourly with the Nazi Army uh, that puts not only Jeffrey Piatt but Joe Biden uh, basically in the same uh, kettle of political soup. And again, it is indicative of the level of historical lying. Uh, whether or not we wind up being belonging to that lie remains to be seen because I think the possibilities of this escalating into a third world war are enormous, and one of the reasons is, again, that very lying. Uh, One of the things, and I haven't got time to go into uh, the baited trap that I think Putin went into, one of the things certainly was the 125,000 uh, Ukrainian soldiers that were m- mustered on the borders of the Donetsk Republic and appeared to have been poised to reclaim that by, by a force. The one uh, circumstance under which I said the Russians would fight, uh, and the other, another key element of the basic trap, was it appears that Ukraine was uh, basically saying if we don't get admitted to NATO, then we're going to uh, concoct nukes and they have enough nuclear waste to uh, extract that plutonium. Part of the whole, you know, Putin's a madman and the Russians are madmen uh, has been the military activity that has been initiated around Ukrainian nuclear plant, power plants and waste uh, uh, facilities that makes a lot more sense when one considers that the plutonium, which is a byproduct of uh, fission reactors, can be transformed into the warheads for nuclear weapons. And Ukraine not only has the technology left over from the Soviet period to do that, but they have short-range delivery vehicles as well. Uh, another factor, I suspect, as we spoke about last week, was the Pentagon-financed uh biological laboratories, quote-unquote, in Ukraine. There is a series of URLs. The uh, factual documentation about those Pentagon finance uh, biological laboratories was removed by the U.S. embassy. However, fortunately, the wayback machine preserve those, and those URLs are available in the written description for uh, for the record program 1236, also for 1235. Uh, one of the things that I think convinced Putin to go ahead, and I, I think he basically was damned if he did and damned if he didn't, it remains to be seen whether we're all damned if he did, because I think the possibilities of this escalating into a third world war with all sorts of charges of uh, false flag operations, of course, coming from the Russian side, whether it's chemical or biological warfare, or cyber attacks, which are incredibly difficult to uh, trace. Uh, even the NSA can have a difficult time tracing a skillfully uh, executed cybercrime but the uh, notion of weapons of mass destruction, for example, CBW weapons uh, being used in a false flag contest. Of course, this is uh, the Russians using a false flag thing is one of the things that I think could lure us into a third world war. I don't think we're going to have time. In this program, we'll see how much time we have left. But um, the first context in which I encountered, the OUNB, the uh, fascist collaborators and Nazi collaborators, who indeed, uh, whose successors are indeed in charge of the military police and intelligence service, the education department, and much of the governmental machinery in Ukraine. Uh, disclaimers to the contrary, notwithstanding, I first encountered them in connection with the assassination of JFK, which was not only a false flag operation, but which, as we will review, involves a very terrifying scenario. It appears that the assassination of JFK initially, in what uh, Peter Bale Scott, the brilliant Berkeley professor, has termed a level one cover-up, was to be pinned on the Soviets and or Cubans. Uh, that may very well have been uh, intended to serve as the provocation, a false flag provocation for a nuclear-first strike on the Soviet Union. But in, in a way, the strident, the, the feral disinformation that our media are feeding us in uh, this you know, disinformation-feeding frenzy that we are experiencing was exemplified in another New York Times article, this from uh, March 21st of 2022, for Putin Truth, unquote, is just another, uh, I think it's just a, another lie. I, I, I miscopied mis- that. Uh, Truth is just another lie. Um, I miscopied the title. But anyways so by Stephen Lee Myers and Stuart A. Thompson, I'll correct the title, uh, from the New York Times of March 21st of 2022 uh, in the Western edition. And it, it's excerpted, Neo-Nazis, genocide, American biological weapons factories, birds and reptiles trained to carry pathogens into Russia. Ukrainian forces bombing their own cities, including thievers shelling children. Uh, this is an example of uh, what we are told is the BS coming out of Russia. Uh, I have not seen very many Russian media accounts, but when it talks about uh, birds and reptiles trained to carry pathogens, I did see a, an allegation in Pravda, uh, that Ukraine was an area in which bird migration patterns uh, Traced in or, or led into Russia, which may very well be true i don 't know anything about uh, the migratory patterns of birds in Central and Eastern Europe, but it is a matter of fact that bird migration patterns have been used uh, as part of our biological warfare research and deployment in the very important book bitten by Chris. Newby, some of the distribution of Lyme disease in the American Northeast uh, came from, we could call them experiments, I think they were tests to suggest how effectively this could be done, in which ticks-bearing Lyme disease were put in areas that birds migrated through on their way to the Northeast, so it, it should not be surprising that uh, now we've got a lot of Lyme disease in those areas, but again, the, the notion of birds and reptiles trained to carry pathogens into Russia, you know, that's an example. Well, boy, aren't those Russians crazy. Isn't Putin a liar? Well, I do not see those allegations, and again, I haven't seen much of the Russian press, but that such possibilities should be very seriously taken into account, and again, in combination with the Pentagon-financed biological laboratories in Ukraine, and most BW labs are dual use, uh, as I've indicated in the past, uh, the notion of the distinction between, quote, offensive, unquote, and, quote, defensive biological warfare research is semantic slash academic. If you are studying wee beasties and how they infect, sicken, and, uh, or kill plants, animals, or human, it's the same Research, whether you call it offensive, you call it defensive, or you could call it your mother. But it's the same research. And uh, certainly those things were tested in the U.S. And now, how tragic, now there's a lot of Lyme disease in the areas where those birds, toward, toward, toward which those birds were migrating. In the tests described at length and in detail by Chris Newby in her book, Bitten. Another book that we used in For the Record programs, uh, 1217 to 1221 was a book called The Complex, How the Military Invades Our Everyday Lives by Nick Truss. It was published in a soft cover by, uh, our, let's see, by Picadora Books. And, uh, Parking and Mountain, by the way, the book was published in 2008. So, uh, the material contained in here is somewhat dated. And talking about some of the futuristic scenarios that the Pentagon was investigating, again, this in the first decade of this century, before, by, this, by way of using insects and other elements of the natural environment as, uh, weaponry, after the first section here, Willard and his Wild Pals, Probably, of course, about that famous movie um, about where the, the, the rat was um, used. It was killing people. Uh, one way is through its bio... Uh, talking about the Pentagon. One way is through its bio-revolution program, which seeks to, quote, harness the insights and power of biology to make U.S. warfighters and their equipment more effective, unquote. Killer bees. After all those years of warnings about sinister African killer bees inexorably heading toward the United States, in 2002, FERPA decided to draft bees into military service, launching projects to examine the performance of honeybees trained to detect explosives and locate other, quote, odors of interest, unquote. Since then, FERPA has been creating insect databases while increasing efforts to, quote, understand how to use endemic insects as collectors of environmental information, unquote. FERPA says it has already tested, quote, this endemic insect system in key operational demonstrations here and abroad, unquote. How long? Until it starts thinking about weaponizing insects as well. Instead of your plain old garden variety stinger missiles, by the way, apparently being used in Ukraine now, you could have a swarm of, quote, missile stingers. And that's called giving you the fish eye. Purpose Bio-Optics Synthetics, Synthetic Systems Program seeks, quote, to demonstrate new bio-inspired concepts on optics for, quote, use in military optical systems such as UAVs or missile guidance components, unquote. One of the program's inspirations, crystalline fisheye lenses, unquote. And uh talking about the octopi in the sky camouflage. According to the agency's two thousand three strategic plan, quote, purpose supported researchers are studying how geckos climb walls and how an octopus hides to find new approaches to locomotion and highly adaptive camouflage. The idea is to let nature be a guide toward better engineering. Imagine the ink sporting suction cup covered frogman of the future. In the next section, Remote Control Robo Rats and Mechanical Maws. In 2002, DARPA researchers demonstrated that using a laptop computer, they could remotely control the movements of a rat with electrodes implanted in its brain. In 2003 and 2004, DARPA's RoboLife program researchers turned their attention to the, quote, performance of rats, birds and insects in performing missions of interest to BOB, such as exploration of caves or covert deposition of sensors, unquote. By early two thousand six, FERPA had put up a call for, quote, proposals to develop technology to create insect cyborgs, possibly enabled by intimately integrating microsystems within insects during the early stages of metamorphoses, unquote. According to the solicitation, while BERPA was particularly interested in flying insects, unquote, such as moths and dragonflies, it would also accept proposals focusing on, quote, hopping and swimming insects, unquote, implanted with microphones and video sensors. The next year, news broke that Burpa researchers were, quote, raising cyborg beetles, unquote. A 2007 article in the Times of the UK revealed that moths would, in the not-too-distant future, be implanted with computer chips while still in their cocoons, allowing their nervous systems to be remotely controlled. These cyborg moths, elect- microelectrical mechanical systems, or MEMS in DARPA speak, could then be flown into homes, bases, or anywhere the Pentagon might want to spy and beam back video and other backups. This is going to happen, unquote, said Rodney Brooks, director of the Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab at MIT, which is working on the project. In fact, it might even have already happened. Later that year, the Washington Post reported on accounts stretching back to 2004 of, quote, dragonflies, unquote, spotted that political protests that some believe are, quote, insect, Size spy drones, unquote, deployed by the Department of Homeland Security or other governmental agencies. Even if the robo bugs haven't been deployed yet, they're certainly on the way. Brooks, also the co-founder and chief technology officer of defense contractor iRobot, notes, quote, It's not science like developing a nuclear bomb which costs billions of dollars. It can be done relatively cheaply, unquote. The insects might even be weaponized. Imagine a swarm of cyborg suicide moths. Brooks went on to note, quote, The Department of Defense has said it wants one-third of all missions to be unmanned by 2015, and there's no doubt their things will become weaponized. So the question comes should they be given targeting authority, unquote, he continued. Perhaps it's time to consider upheaving treaties like the Geneva Convention to include clauses which regulate their use, unquote. Militarizing the animal world, however, carries its own risks. Take World War II's Project X-Ray, in which bats with insidious explosives strapped to their bodies turned on their military masters and set fire to a U.S. Army airfield. Just imagine what an army of infantry insects or army rats might do. Anybody remember the movies, Them, or Willard, Them, by the way, was a 50 sci-fi flick about uh, gigantic ants. Continuing. In 2006, New Scientist magazine revealed that Berkeley researchers had perfected, quote, a neural implant designed to enable a shark's brain signals to be manipulated remotely, controlling the animal's movements, by which, quote, they hope to transform the animals into stealth spies, perhaps capable of following vessels without being spotted. Their plan was, quote, to implant the device in the blue sharks and release them into the ocean off the coast of Florida. Call Police Chief Brody back to do I think that was from the movie, uh, Jaws. I never saw it, but I believe that's the case. The next section, Fee Five full Fauna stealthy sensor program, quote, seeks to exploit the revolutionary sensing and mobility of animal sentinels for unique defense applications, unquote, and, quote, the natural ability of animal systems in training and learning to track, detect, and deliver to targets, unquote. There seems to be no end to barPA's inventiveness. Through the biological sensory structure emulation or biosense Program, researchers are attempting to create synthetic versions of nature's sensory structures, unquote, that detect stimuli like changes in temperature and pressure. The quote, majority of these stimuli are of great military relevance, unquote, they claim. BARPA has also held a workshop to quote, help researchers in various disciplines self-assemble into teams capable of developing plant-inspired actuation systems that will ultimately have application in military adaptive or morphing structures, unquote. What's on the horizon, then? A brigade of swamp-thing warriors? Finally, there's also a new Cold War being planned out in BARPA's Special Projects Office through its polymer Snow Project, a program to create a polymer-based synthetic snow with, quote, the look and feel of natural snow that is, quote, tailored to reversibly control vehicle and personnel, mobility, unquote. This faux snow will turn whatever areas the military chooses into a winter wonderland where movement is impeded and people are left snowed in. So, again, uh, exactly what Potential biological systems were uh, being staged at those bio- Pentagon-financed biological laboratories in Ukraine. I can't say, but the notion, of, and again, I can only speculate about uh, what is being said in the Russian media from this uh, lampoon in the New York Times, Again, uh, says birds and reptiles trained to carry pathogens into Russia. How, how crazy can we get? Well, that's not so crazy as we have seen. That was already done a long time ago to, uh, basically disseminate Lyme disease on our own citizens. And I think one of the factors that informed Putin and led to his decision to uh, go ahead and, uh, attack Ukraine, uh, and again, as I've said before, I think this was this is, is a trap, and this is an op, uh, a European iteration of the Afghan gambit. We were told that the uh, Russia, uh, the Soviet Union, rather, just invaded uh, Afghanistan, blah, 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 blah. Turns out that then, Jimmy Carter National Security Advisor Zbigniew Brzezinski, who's part and parcel of the entire Galen ABN milieu that we will be talking about as we examine how the lie was put together and how is it that most of this country and most of its institutions and citizens now belong to the lie because the gambit being spoken about by Glenn Pinchback, uh, more part of the operations command at Fort Sill in Oklahoma, the Nazi plot Gargantuan in scope to use anti-communism to enslave America has now taken place, and now most things, most people in this country belong to the lie. I think of the, again, the the Ukraine operation, is a European operation of the... uh, the gambit basically Big Zbigniew Brzezinski engaged in, uh, we were told that, you know, the Soviets just invaded, uh, uh, Afghanistan, blah, blah, blah. Turns out there was an operation that was specifically designed to lure these Soviets into Afghanistan to give them, quote, their Vietnam. I believe, uh, that a similar gambit was intended in Ukraine. By the way, Ian Brzezinski, Big Nef's, uh son, is a key member of the Atlantic Council. That is one of the major right-wing think tanks that is a repository for the OUN that we have spoken about so much. Uh, and I think that the goal of the operation is regime change in Moscow. It may result in a third world war, particularly with the loose talk that uh, Joe Biden apparently uh, in close communication with Jeffrey Pyatt and through him uh at least uh, institutionally Andre very probably uh, Joe Biden is talking about the you know, Russian false flag operations using CBW Russian for uh, Russian operations using uh, cyber uh, warfare uh, Ukraine, by the way, is a major epicenter of cybercrime, and cybercrime can be very skillfully disguised. I would note, too, that the CIA's cyber weapons are specifically designed to mimic, among other countries, Russian cyber operations. So we will see what happens. But now, the information war. That is really, really, really important and it's something that we need to, uh, take stock of in terms of, uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. I call him basically Azov Zelensky because he is a direct manifestation of the Azov dynamic. Uh, his Presidential candidacy was primarily funded. His largest campaign donor was Ihor Kolomoyskoye, a Ukrainian oligarch who not only also was a major funder of the Azov regiment, but also was a major, basically owned the television network that Zelensky used to gather his public persona. Uh, Zelensky, had, one of the things I find very challenging in doing this, and that this will sound perhaps kind of corny to some people, but that is not to avoid, one of the things I find challenging is to avoid being sucked into what in the Star Wars movies is called the dark side of the force. When you're examining such evil things, as I'm examining in uh, this uh, decades-long uh, quest here. And when you see institutions and behavior as despicable as uh, Azov Zelensky is, it is really difficult to avoid uh, feelings of hatred or bitterness. And, and those, in the end, do you no good. They will just poison your personality, so it, it, it's a good thing to avoid, sometimes that is a heck of a lot easier said than done. Uh, Zelensky, again, uh, although nominally Jewish, whether or not he was a practicing Jew is uh, sort of a matter of conjecture, he is a creature who is spawned from the same institutional milieu as the Azov Battalion or Azov Regiment. Uh, so whether or not he's nominally, quote, Jewish, unquote, he is part of the Azov manifestation. And one of the things that is so important about the situation in Ukraine, and that is the information Warfare. Uh, the same article by Stephen Lee Myers that uh, talked about uh, how Putin, basically, truth uh, for Putin, truth is just another. I believe it's a weapon. I left the letter all out of the headline, but it says by most accounts, Ukraine has so far been winning the information war, led by a powerful social media operation that flooded the internet with its own jumble of anecdotes and myths. Bolstering morale among Ukrainians and uniting the Western world behind its cause. The most central figure in their campaign has been President Volodymyr Zelensky himself, whose video messages to Ukrainians and the world have combined bravely with the staged presence of the television performer he once was. I would submit still is, and again, his TV program was on the network, financed by Ihor Kolomoiskoi, who financed uh, Zelensky's presidential campaign, and financed the Azov Battalion, or regiment, as we will see. Uh, something to note, and that is that in the besieged uh, city of Mariupol where some of the scariest stories have emanated from uh, the Azov regiment, uh is in charge of the defense of that city and as noted here in an AP story uh, from March 22nd of 2022 by Ms. Uh, M-S-T-Y-S-L-A-V I don't know how that's pronounced Chernov 20 bays in Mariupol the team that documented the city's agony, and it notes that two reporters here, who, by the way, managed to go through 15 Russian checkpoints without being roughed up or shot, uh, they were the last international reporters in Mariupol. So now the information coming out of Mariupol is exclusively from the Azov Regiment, uh, which we, call, we refer to as the Azov Battalion. It is a much larger unit. One of the things that should be noted... In connection with the AP story is that a lot of the stringers and the journalists, perhaps that belongs in quotes, uh, that are quote, covering unquote the events in Ukraine are from Ukraine and then very possibly working for their intelligence services. They certainly are not unbiased. But note again, That Zelensky is basically an extension of the Azov manifestation, financed by the same elements, in this case Igor Kolomoiskoi, that finances Azov. Note that the Azov battalion is in charge of Mariupol. The international journalists, unquote, such as they are, have left. So now... Whatever information is coming out of Mariupol is coming from the very Nazis, told, oh, that's crazy. Nazis, what <laughs> how stupid. Um, sadly, that's not the case. Just ask all oh, the slavic uh Nancy Pelosi. It is so grotesque. It would be like saying Heil Hitler, although she doesn't, you know, that one she probably knows about, but I doubt she knows the uh, origins of Slavic Ukraine. It doesn't matter because she belongs to the lie now. Another New York Times article from, again, uh, March 21st of 2022, Art School is Hit as Hundreds try to Hide by Valerie Hopkins, Mark Santora, and Katherine Porter from the New York Times of March 21st of 2022. And note the following. On Sunday morning, the Azov Battalion, a Ukrainian regiment that has drawn far-right fighters from around the world and is charged with the city's defense, said four Russian naval vessels had shelled the city. Largely cut off from the outside world, the toll on civilians there is difficult to assess. (laughs) Indeed, and there's a reason for that. Now note the following. Last week, a Mariupol theater shielding hundreds of people was reduced to rubble. The word children, unquote, was written in huge letters on the pavement, clearly visible from the air. Even now, the fates of most of these people remain unknown. Quote, the besieged Mariupol will go down in the history of responsibility for war crimes, unquote, President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine said in a speech to the country late Saturday night the terror of the occupiers perpetrated on this peaceful city will be remembered for centuries to come, unquote. In a video addressed on Sunday to Israeli lawmakers, Mr. Zelensky seemingly compared the suffering of the people to those of the Jews during the Holocaust, an analogy some Israeli lawmakers criticized as going too far. (laughs) By the way, it is blatant hypocrisy considering that uh, uh, Zelensky, as well as his Azov uh, controllers, are, uh, have seen to it that elements like the UPA and the OUNB, who were deeply involved in the Holocaust in Ukraine, uh, are exonerated. Now to tell the truth about that is criminal in Ukraine. And uh, going back to Azov Zelensky, as I call him, our people are now wandering in the world seeking security. Unquote, the Ukrainian president said in the address broadcast to crowds in a public square in Tel Aviv, as you once did. Unquote. Uh, this is radio, so I can't give you my candid feelings because it just would not be FCC compliant. But uh, you know, I would have to reach into the foulest backwaters of my vocabulary to uh, characterize this. Uh, Note something else, though, as we skip down. As Russian forces pushed into the center of Mariupol, some 4,500 residents were forcibly taken across the nearby Russian border, according to Pyotr and and continuing, an advisor to Mariupol's advisor who, by the way, is vice um, advisor of Mariupol's mayor. Uh, and, of course, uh, sitting astride, roosting astride this nest, is the Azov regiment, uh, and they have made it very clear that they will book no dissent. With no resources in Russia to rely on, they would be at the mercy of people who had taken them across the border, he said. Quote, what the occupiers are doing today is familiar to the older generation who saw the horrific events of World War II when the Nazis forcibly captured people, unquote, said Mariupol's mayor, Vabim Bochenko. Well, 40% of the residents of the city of Mariupol are ethnic Russians. And uh, in an account, in an article, we won't have time to uh, read most of the article. I'm going to uh, highlight this as best I can. The article, was bombing of Mariupol fever staged by Ukrainian Azov extremists to trigger NATO intervention? This by Max Blumenthal from the Gray Zone of March 18th of 2022. Asks a very good question, and I think the possibility of CBW being used as a uh, An ostensible Russian false flag operation, but actually a Ukrainian false flag operation. Cyber attacks. Again, the possibilities of NATO being sucked into this and the possible third world war are great. But, uh, in that article, uh, the aforementioned Max Blumenthal, by the way, whose father was Sidney Blumenthal, one of the editors of the book uh, Government by Gunplay from uh, 1976, published in softcover by Sigmund, that I've used for a number of different programs. It makes me feel old. But uh, Max Blumenthal is Sidney Blumenthal's son. So a tip of the hat to both of them. But uh, the ethnic Russians who were taken across the border into Russia were only too glad to, uh, get out of Ukraine where they were uh, being deliberately used as human shields. And, uh, but again, the that they were taken across the border, you know, forcibly by the Russians. Bear in mind that whatever you hear out of Mariupol comes from the Azov regiment. And, uh, uh, Scott Ritter himself, a former marine, in uh, a talk on the Arabia that I heard, uh, mentioned that the Azov Regiment was ultimately broken up, and that a battalion from uh, each of, uh, but, uh, that the battalion from that regiment was then embedded into the Ukrainian military. Uh, I don't know whether it was the National Guard, the regular army, or both, but. Elements of the Azov uh, military formation were then b- broken off and put into the Ukrainian military. So, but bear in mind that whatever is coming out of Mariupol is coming through the ideological screen of the Azov regiment. And bear in mind that Zelensky, again, the, the, uh, sort of the, the, the public figure of, uh, Ukrainian, quote, information, unquote, read propaganda, is himself a direct manifestation of the Azov dynamic. So what you've got is you've got Azov controlling Mariupol and the information coming out of it, and then Azov in the por- in the person of Zelensky basically parroting that and making these, you know, grotesque comparisons, in you know, the, the, uh, what happened in Mariupol will go down for centuries, blah, 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 blah. Uh, now this article, we'll have to continue this in our next program, but again, by Max Blumenthal from the Grey Zone of March 18th of 2022, was bombing of Mariupol fever staged by Ukrainian Azov extremists to trigger NATO intervention, and I've warned about uh, Azov and their penchant for uh, provocations slash false flag uh, in numerous programs. Some of the excerpts. A closer look reveals that local residents in Mariupol had warned three days before the March 16th incident that the future would be the site of a false flag attack launched by the openly neo mazi Azov battalion, which controlled the building and the territory around it. Uh, it's now a regiment. Again, quoting, civilians that escaped the city through humanitarian corridors have testified that they were held by Azov as human shields in the area and that Azov fighters detonated parts of the future as they retreated. Despite claims of a massive Russian airstrike that reduced the building to ashes, all civilians appear to have escaped with their lives. Something, by the way, the slanted Ukrainian media had said, it's a miracle, unquote. I don't believe in miracles, but they're continuing. Video of the attack on the fever remains unavailable at the time of publication. Only photographs of the damaged structure can be viewed. The Russian Ministry of Defense has denied conducting an airstrike on the fever, asserting that the site had no military value and that no sorties were flown in the area on March 16th, unquote. Kiev's most emotionally potent allegation so far, that Russia deliberately bombed innocent children cowering inside a fever, has been undercut by testimonies from Mariupol residents and a widely viewed telegram message explicitly foreshadowing a false flag attack on the building. Another excerpt. On March 7th, an Azov battalion commander named Denis Pokopenko appeared on camera from Mariupol with an urgent message. Published on Azov's official YouTube channel and delivered in English over the sound of occasional artillery launches, Pokopenko declared that the Russian military was carrying out a, quote, genocide, unquote, against the population of Mariupol, which happens to be 40% ethnic Russian. Pokopenko then demanded that Western nations, quote, create a no-fly zone over Ukraine, supported with modern weapons, unquote it was clear from Pokopenko's play that Azov's position was growing more dire by the day. As Russia's military rapidly degraded Azov positions throughout the second week of March of 2022, Azov's soldiers apparently directed elderly civilians as well as women and children into the wardrobe hall of the Donetsk Academic Regional Drama Theater in Mariupol. On March 12th, a chilling message appeared on the Telegram channel of Dmitry Steshin, a correspondent reporting from Mariupol for the Russian newspaper Kansomoskaya Pravda. According to Steshin, local residents told him an alleged Russian bombing of the Turkish-built Kanuni Sultan Suleiman Mosque in Mariupol that day was a false flag intended to, quote, drag Turkey into the war, unquote and warned that a false flag attack on the Mariupol drama theater was imminent. On March 12th, Western outlets like the Associated Press repeated Ukrainian government claims that the Turkish mosque in Mariupol has been shelled by Russia with 80 civilians, including children. However, Turkish state media revealed that the Ukrainian government had misled Western reporters. The Kanuni Sultan Suleiman Mosque was not only fully intact, it had never been hit, by Russian fire. Our mosque remained undamaged, unquote, Ismail Hashoglu, head of the mosque's association, told Turkey's Anadolu agency on March 12th. Just hours after Zelensky's address, news arrived from the Azov battalion's press department that Russia had bombed a fever in Mariupol. With a monopoly over information from the scene of the supposed attack with no other news outlets present, Azov's, press department disseminated photos of the destroyed building to media across the world. One day before the bombing on March 15th, a group of military-aged men were photographed in front of the Mariupol Fever. No women were visible anywhere in the image. The men can be seen placing pallets against the side of the building, ferrying large objects across the fever grounds, and cutting down a fir tree. According to Human Rights Watchers' report on the fever incident, which contained no local testimony gathered after the attack, the men were cooking food upon an open fire and collecting water in buckets. As seen below, pallets and other objects were piled against the same area of the building, hit by an explosive charge the following day. While the fever appeared to have been heavily damaged, they bombed the building to ashes, claimed Panamarenko. It turned out... That not one person was killed by the blast. Let me talk about the Kiev Independent. That was set up by the National Endowment for Democracy. That is one of the intel fronts set up by the late William Casey, the OSS officer in Germany in late 44 and 45, as among other elements, the UPA was being folded into the Galen Organization, and that in turn into the CIA. So the Kiev Independent is anything but independent, but it's speaking about the fact, turned out that not one person was killed by the blast. It's a miracle, the Kiev Independent reporter chirped. Further, ABC claimed the fever had been hit by Russian artillery shelling, not by an dropped Russian bomb, as, Panamar- as Panamarenko and many others have claimed. Ukrainian, meme- Ukrainian media, meanwhile, has expressed confusion over the incident. The outlet 0629 has attempted to explain away the mysterious disappearance of the thousand civilians said to have been in the theater by claiming they were evacuated to the city of Zaporizhia a day before the supposed attack. And, uh, well, <laughs> uh, a miracle. That is a miracle. I'll tell you, just an um, amazing thing. Just wonderful. Nobody was killed. Amazing. Um, Obviously, I am skeptical. We're going to continue with this, however, in our next program. How many lies before you belong to the lie? You tell me. Ask uh, Azov Zelensky, or maybe the people controlling Mariupol, the Azov Regiment. This concludes For the Record Program number 1236. How many lies before you belong to the lie, part nine. This is being recorded on March 23rd of 2022. I'm Dave Emery. Have fun.